Hey there, my name is Vosh. I live stream on YouTube and Twitch, and sometimes I even upload the good bits. This is Previously Live. Exclusive! Frito-Lay worker Brandon Ingram was severely electrocuted on the job, disabled, and denied medical care. Now Brandon, his wife, and children are being stalked and secretly filmed by company agents. This is the most disturbing Frito-Lay story we've covered. All right. Recording my kids. They are stalking us. Recording my kids playing in the yard. I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. I tried to hold it in. I'm sorry. So I got the job at Frito-Lay in January of 2011. Prior to Frito-Lay, I was in the United States Navy. Leaving the service, he just needed to matter. He needed to belong and have a purpose. We both thought he found that in Frito-Lay. And so we kind of centered our life around it. I worked hard. I bust my butt every day, in and out. <laughs> Shit, my wife was gonna divorce me because she didn't even think I was at work for real. No, I did not believe. My husband just spent 20 hours at work. Jesus Christ, 20 hours? At Frito-Lay's. No one would believe that. He's not a doctor. It's chips. It's chips and dip. I went on a stretch one time of like 26 days in a row. Jesus Christ. By the way, I want to say this, since we're watching this video a couple days after it came out, that there actually has been something of a resolution to the strike that was going on. Frito-Lay workers and 19-day strike in Kansas with contract that guarantees one day off per week. One day off. Hundreds of Frito-Lay employees are returning to work in Kansas, ending a 19-day streak with the weekend ratification of a two-year contract. Two-year contract, by the way, so not even a permanent upgrade to their standards, just a two-year contract that guarantees them at least one day off each week and raises wages. Workers at the Topeka plant had called on the snack food giant to end forced overtime in 84-hour work weeks. 84-hour work weeks! Remember when I was talking with that ghoul, Garen Brook, and he was like, uh... The government didn't need to institute uh, uh, work time limit laws and overtime laws because corporations would have done that of their own goodwill anyway. You know, here's corporations on their own goodwill. If they can get away with it, they'll do this. 84 hour work week. And there are a lot of people thinking, you know, why would people choose to stay in jobs this bad? To which my answer is, I don't know. Do you think it's just because they were dumb and it never occurred to you them that they could just find another job? Or do you think there might have been some structural reason they felt they had to stay there? Do you think, like, when you take a look at people who are working for years in conditions like this, this really destroys the myth that people could, oh, just find another job, dude, because it's not always that simple. Was using a doctor. You press the button and it automatically does what it's supposed to do. I, I broke my hand in one of those once. I was oh. taken to the ER. I didn't get electrocuted. The emergency room they took me to was 45 minutes away. We passed four hospitals on the way. Yup, that's workers comp. I'm so lucky that I don't have a fear of confrontation. When I broke my hand in one of those big security doors, the, um, the manager was like, okay, yeah, we got to send you over to this place. And they like sent for, they were like, look here. And it was like a place by the airport in LA. Do you have any idea how long it takes to get to the airport in Los Angeles, LAX, from Beverly Hills during midday traffic? Do you have any fucking idea how long that takes? So I said, nope, I'm going to the UCLA hospital and you're paying for it. And they did it. So to my, maybe if they push back more on that, that wouldn't have happened, but to my credit, I think that went pretty well for me. And you know what? That hospital was sick. I got seen by four medical experts. They, they they gave a cast. They put a cast in my hand, like a like a like a chef team at 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 Benny Hanna's assembling a little little plate. How bad was the hand? It was all the these. It was all it was all these bones. They all got snapped backwards diagonally. How big was the bill? I didn't pay shit. It was workers' comp it happened at the workplace. Tell them about the bar they were going to fuck you for life. About the bar they were going to fuck you for life. 
bar? Do you mean the bad cast? The, uh, I need, I need a follow-up on that. Jog my memory. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, when I went to the UCLA hospital, they gave me an amazing cast. It was big, it was heavy, and it molded to my hand perfectly. It was almost comfortable, except my hand was throbbing because it hurt. You know how it is, right? It felt good. And later, for subsequent follow-ups, the workplace, they wouldn't pay for the UCLA hospital. So I went over to that little workplace comp insurance like outlet, and they gave me the shittiest cast, dude. It was like a little bit of gauze around the hand, and then like a brace that I would hold a bar on. And because I used that one for the remainder of my recovery, I now have a permanent, like, fuck-up with my hand. My hand naturally sits like this. The um, middle finger crosses over my ring finger now. Whenever I hold something like a, like a vertical bar at like a bus or whatever, it's uncomfortable because these two fingers, I can't separate them that well. So it like gets like, like pushed into it, you know? Um, and it's because the, the past was, the cast was just not, you can kind of see when I close my hands, see how these two fingers like curve into each other as opposed to a regular hand. You see the difference, right? Like with this one, it's got like the, the points together. See, you know? You can see it, right? I see it. Um, the claw. Uh, anyway, it doesn't hurt or anything. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah. But if I, but if that had been my care from the start, if I hadn't been able to get the UCLA cast for the first two weeks or so, uh, it's possible the damage could have been much worse. You know. So I'm glad that I pushed for that. Anyway. Yeah, you get hurt at one of these workplaces, and then they're like, okay, here's workers' comp, and they dump you off at, like, a dumbass clinic. To the hospital they wanted to take me to. And the reason it is is because they sign a contract with a certain hospital and a certain network. Yep. From the very next day after the accident, my husband was never the same. He was working really hard to even just get up on to the side of the bed. And usually he's like hops out of bed and he hurries up, puts his clothes on and he shoves food down his throat and he's out the door. You know, in 30 minutes, he was used to it. He was trained to do that in the service. When I say I was healthy as an ox, I was healthy as an ox. We just didn't have any answers. They said he should have been fine, but he wasn't. I didn't get any time off after the incident. Uh, I was... <sighs> I had to call off the next day as a sick day. I told you I was in pain. I told you it hurts when I walk. And it was like, okay, you know, are you gonna be here tomorrow? Uh, okay, gotta be here tomorrow? I mean, thank you, management. It's important to remember that management, as horrifically as they act, are usually under like a comparable level, level of pressure from the people above them. That's how the system perpetuates itself. It would be unstable if it was just like management is cruel for funsies, you know? The stability of the suffering is maintained by making sure the management feels as desperate to maintain the exploitation of the workers as the actual owners do. An incentivization structure. I was a site lead, and I know what that entails. You're a leadership of the whole warehouse, so if you have to fill in, you have to fill in. I asked for some type of relief period because I was still obligated to work like picking cases and unloading trucks or rotating product on a forklift. I asked for a chair that I could probably that I could sit in that would make me more comfortable while I'm doing my office work. They denied it. You're either 100% or you can't work. It just felt like they was just trying to push me out. Eventually, I got an MRI by my primary doctor, and he showed that I had two herniated discs in my back. And he was like, you shouldn't be doing anything. They could only fix yeah, it no with surgery. Shit. Yeah. And my husband still had to work this whole entire time. So I'm sure that the people at this factory had to sign some bullshit liability waiver, but like, this isn't just, so what he got here wasn't just like workers comp case. This should be lawsuit case. He got electrocuted for the normal operation of this. Workers comp kicks in whenever you're hurt on the job. But this isn't like he was hurt on the job. This is faulty wiring in the place nearly killed him. This is, this is a little bit beyond that, you know?
they had to remove two of the discs in my neck because they were bulging into my spinal cord. I wasn't getting enough fluid to my brain. If I didn't have the surgery, the doctor said any small fall or accident or something like that, and I would have been paralyzed from the neck down or dead. I still have to have surgery on my lower lumbar spine. From the moment that he couldn't work anymore and needed short-term disability, Frito-Lay abandoned us. I had to file for short-term disability and then long-term disability. Got approved for long-term disability, but that was months later. So no income coming in. That's a picture of the car. We were driving. They require you Wealthiest to go to country the in the world, so by the way. Times, and the doctor has to say that you're in this condition over and over and over. But guess what? You don't have any insurance anymore through PepsiCo slash Frito-Lay. Don't you love having insurance tied to workplaces so that when injuries take place at work, the same system that injures you is the system that can deprive you of your health care? Because they cut you off. I had to pay for that out of pocket, too. <laughs> Didn't have the money to do that. Yeah, no shit. So guess what? I borrowed money or used credit cards or whatever I could. I even took money out of my kids. <laughs> Jesus, dude. We had to take from our children to live. And the doctor knew what was going on. So he was like, look, just pay half of what you owe every visit, and we'll just take care of the rest later. First good news I've seen. I never this started. To have a lawsuit. No, you should. Me. Yeah, you but should. I did ask for help, and I wasn't getting it. Uh huh. This is what Frito Lay has money for. Okay, not money for medical care or for hiring more workers so that they don't have to work eighty billion hours a week or whatever. They do have money for private investigators who will record you to undermine any lawsuit you file against them. Though this is what they have money for. Frito Lay, Pepsi, Sedgwick, whoever has people following my family, they are stalking us. Just to find something to be. It's to set a precedent. Yeah, it's to set a precedent. It, these are basically like. These are like the workers' comp or lawsuit equivalent of strike breakers or like Pinkertons. Their job is to make every worker terrified of the prospect of suing them. That suing them not only means you're up against like an elite team of corporate lawyers, it also means every element of your life is going to be made worse. That you never ever want to step against them. That you should just sit down and be complacent and deal with whatever scraps they decide to give you when you're injured because of their faulty wiring or their horrible workplace culture or their insufficient OSHA standards. Be like, oh, he's okay. Recording my kids playing in the yard. Oh, and one other thing, by the way, to every libertarian out there who thinks that like corporations wouldn't be able to get away with this if fewer government regulations existed, how? This is what corporations can do in spite of government regulation. Like how? What? Like get rid of all regulation and then they'll do this less? Recording me doing yard work. They follow me in traffic on the highway, on streets. They follow me when I gave birth to my baby. They follow me to my daughter's school. I took my daughter out of school and decided to homeschool because I don't know if we're safe. I don't know how many people they've given our address and name and information to just to prove my husband wrong. They've done it for years. Why are you fighting so hard to say that I'm not hurt instead? I want you to I want you to think for a second. What do you think the cost is of hiring multiple corporate private investigators for years? How many hundreds of thousands of dollars did they spend on trying to delegitimize this guy's lawsuit that could have just spent in his medical care to begin with? Instead of just look at the paperwork, look at the medical stuff, look at everything I've been through. You would think that I'm a bad do you remember what I said earlier in an earlier thing uh, about how it's about maintaining the power distinction? Exactly, Veko Mask. Ve mask. It's about maintaining the power distinction, not about actual optimal efficiency. It would be cheaper for them in this case um, to deal with the medical care costs. But in this case, it's not about that. It's about maintaining the power differential, the hierarchy, you know? I mean... You can make the argument that there's a broader, uh, uh, like, profit motive to be had in disincentivizing future lawsuits, but 
at a certain point, you really have to wonder, are all of these decisions being made exclusively out of the profit interest? Or is there some underlying contempt of the working class that motivates this? Because I refuse to believe that cruelty isn't the point when stuff like this happens, you know? employee the way that everything has went i've never done anything wrong to this company or even with this company i have numerous awards to show that i'm not a person that you just throw away i knew the sales side i knew the operations they side. don't care I mean, hell, you could have just let me be a lead and just manage instead of physically working billion dollar corp oh and to anyone who disagrees with me on that i have to ask you again why did slave masters whip and kill their slaves Surely this is a poor economic decision, right? It's not just about the economics. There is an underlying power differential that people in power uh, uh, feel a, a long-standing need to disincentivize rebellion. There, the, if, you, if you think the entire history of cruelty and murder against slaves, it was purely a matter of disincentivizing rebellion and not just a broader expression of contempt of the people weaker than them, like, yeah, it, it goes beyond that. I think while a lot of it can be explained through economic and, like, power incentives, a lot of it also comes down to differences in humans' power just leading them to be cruel to those beneath them. All of history reinforces this. The people who are in charge of Pepsi Lay or, like, Coke or whatever the fuck, they don't just do this because it makes them money. They do this because they don't think much of the working class. And you see this all over the place. It's a PepsiCo, yeah. It's a fundamental contempt for people beneath you that permeates basically every level of every upper class in every society in all of human history. It is very easy to spot in pretty much every historical example. Power differences just make people worse. Corporations like Pepsi, which owns Frito-Lay, they know this is happening to people and they do nothing about it. My husband shouldn't have to fight for five years over something that took less than five minutes to impact our entire life. He pushed sure, a button at work, a button he can't avoid pushing. He has to push it, it's his job. For a company that talks about- Yeah, we're about not gonna talk about the faulty wiring that led to the electrocution. Yeah, it's, we know he's not at fault for pushing the button. Like why- About diversity and culture and a family-oriented business family don't just throw you out because you get injured the company this is why if you're ever working for uh for a business and they describe you as like a family member you should legitimately seek employment elsewhere if you have the ability every i have never seen either anecdotally in my experience or in my friend's experience a company that does that shit that does not abuse the fuck out of its workers they're doing it so they can exploit you harder later okay that's it makes over 200 billion dollars a year okay it's chips but my husband is worth zero dollars to them because he's no longer able to push those chips you are a number you're a piece of property i bust my butt for them blood sweat tears sacrifices holidays birthdays i miss so much family things because they make you feel like if you don't do what they say they will they will let you go i don't even know where to go from here honestly all the life goals and marriage goals and family goals that we had are gone and i, I just have to figure out how to survive and my goal and hopes and dreams now is for my husband to get back healthy and still be alive with us in the future he dodged bullets in the city of st louis growing up he dodged gangs he stayed out of all of that. He went to war, he dodged bullets and bombs, and came back to me. And now he's been electrocuted at work. We don't know what's gonna happen from day to day. My husband stops breathing at night in his sleep. I have to wake him up at night to make sure he keeps breathing. I have to help with my children who don't understand they can't jump and play with daddy. I mean, I just went from a very fit guy to a guy who is disabled and can barely just handle regular life stuff. I'm 36. I should be able to play with my kids in the yard. I just want my life back. Getting that uh, nice black pill on corporate culture here.
this has gotten a lot of attention. I am very, I am heartened, if nothing else, by the, um, by the response to this. Are gonna need a hell of a lot more, though, if the, um, striking workers in Kansas, uh, rolled over for a two-year contract that guarantees them one day off, then, uh, that's, uh, well, I feel like there's a lot more work to be done, you know, if nothing else. The Frito-Lay strike and analysis. Somebody just pointed this out in chat. Don't walk, run, productions. I think I covered this guy's video once before, and I remember him being a dumb fuck, so... On July 5th, 2021, members of the Bakery, Confectionery, Tobacco Workers, and Grain Millers International Union Local 218 went on strike at a Frito-Lay factory in Topeka, Kansas, over issues of low pay, mandatory overtime, and long hours. Poppy says, we're shocked they went on strike. How are you shocked? Did you think that we would go to 90 hours before we would hit the streets? And this person is Mark McCarter, a 59-year-old hey, employee who has worked at the Topeka Frito-Lay factory for 37 years. Wow. In a Vice.com article, Mark claims that he was forced to work 12 hours a day, seven days a week. After 37 years, I still get forced to work 12 hours a day, seven days a week. You don't even have a life. Like, there's, where do you even live? There's no light, there's no living. Where's the live time here? In including like commute, like back and forth. I don't know. This is literally 50% of all of your life. And I told the company, I don't want to work 12 hours a day, seven days a week, but they're still having me do it sometimes. Wait, so they make him work seven days a week all the time or they make him do it sometimes? Get your story. All right, I think we're going to tear into this one. So when a person's been working at a place for 37 years and they say all the time, colloquially, when humans say all the time, they don't literally mean 100% of the time. They mean very frequently. Um, I like how, how like nonchalant this guy can be with like this guy's entire life being dedicated uh, to the profit making of, of fucking Frito-Lays, you know, and he's like, eh. Story straight, Mark. Anyway, that Vice article doesn't tell you that Mark McCarter is a union steward, so part of his job during a strike is to paint Frito-Lay as a terrible employer, and... And by telling the facts, he seems to have done so. That, in turn, generates sympathy from the public for their poor, poor employees and outrage towards the mean old company. So this is what I mean, by the way, by, like, contempt for the working class, even though I, this guy's probably not some, like, big oligarch or whatever. Notice how he's assuming his audience right off the bat, like, right off the bat, his audience is assumed to be completely unsympathetic to these horribly exploited workers, you know? This is a tactic that you've seen on my channel before, and if you miss them, there's a playlist in the description. Anyway, Anthony Shelton, the president of BCTGM, also made this claim about his members being overworked. In a statement, he wrote, current employees are being forced to work seven days a week, up to 12 hours per shift. Now, when you, the viewer, see that statement, are you thinking that he means all of their employees? Some of their employees? Clearly, there is a- Jesus Christ, wait, seriously? Are we reducing this to pedantry? No, actually, uh, 56% of our employees work seven days a week, 12 hours a day, all the time, and 23% of them work seven days a week, about 80% of the time, and on average, about 10.5 hours per shift. Uh, what are you talking about? What, we're talking about hundreds of employees. Obviously, a full statistical breakdown of any person's participation in any part of this job is going to need, like, a spreadsheet. This is a blurb in an article. Lack of nuance, and it's by design because news outlets like the Washington Post and CBS News will type up headlines complete with the union's talking points, whether or not 84-hour work weeks are a real issue. What do you mean, whether or not they're a real issue? Even if they happen once, they're a real issue. They don't have to happen all the time. Look, this article is even being conservative with its language. Include 84-hour work weeks, not always have 84-hour work weeks, not 100% of the time the work week is 84 hours, it just includes them. Or a real issue. Imagine being an employee in here that has not had a day off for five months. That is the reality of what you're seeing. That is the reality of why you're really seeing the picket over here. But is it reality? <laughs> well, not according to Frida. What the fuck is this person? I feel like this person's mannerisms are designed to make the audience dislike them. 
In a press release, Frito-Lay states, we believe claims about work hours at the Topeka facility have been grossly exaggerated. Out of 850 employees in Topeka, only 20, approximately 2%, averaged over 60 hours a week. So to be accurate, 2.35% of the employees at the Topeka plant average over 60 hours a week. So, so wait, here's a question. Why are you doubting what somebody said because they work for unions, but then taking Frito-Lay at their word? Is this a joke? Wait, you're, you're like, uh, though, you can't be exploited. The company said they're not doing it. Is this a fucking joke? What a fucking what a pathetic little wispy bearded soy faced fuck who looks strangely like Peter Coffin. Um, what like, yeah, dude, you can't be exploited. Frito-Lay says right here they're not doing it, dude. So does that mean that 20 employees are being forced to work 84 hours a week? Apparently that's not true either. Frito-Lay states, our records Again? indicate- Wait, wait, no way. <laughs> wait, really? Ah, but even this claim is exaggerated. You see, Frito-Lay, wait, really? Literally, the first statement this guy makes is, hey, this guy's a union rep, so like maybe he'll bias his statements and then fail to prove that he has, but then we're taking Frito-Lay's statements at their word. 19 employees worked 84 hours in a given work week in 2021, with 16 of those as a result of employees volunteering for overtime, and only three being required to work. First, if you have the wherewithal to volunteer- First of all, I just want to- So first of all, we shouldn't trust Fidelay's statement on any of this. Second of all, under any circumstances, anyone being forced to work an 84-hour work week is wildly unacceptable. Also, what kind of volunteering? Volunteer- Ah, I know about volunteering. It's like crunch culture at game dev studios, right? Ah, uh, yeah, dude. You know, we really need you to stay overnight and work this game. Oh, yeah, dude. It's not like you don't have to, but- I mean, a lot of other people would like your job, you know? Carolee worked 12 hours a day for a total of 84 hours a week. You deserve a round of applause. And according to an online posting from a Frito-Lay warehouse employee, anything over eight hours in a day is overtime. So you don't have to hit 40 hours to get your overtime money. Sixth day is time and a half, and seventh day is double time. Okay. So if true, the people working 84 hours a week are making bank. As for the three- That- that's the that's the defense hey at least they're getting overtime pay for their unfathomable work hours shame they can't use it on anything because they don't have any time to experience any of the joys of life three employees total that were required to work they probably had to make up shifts for calling out we're sick, legit just taking, taking frito lay at their like word here but regardless it's a far cry from the union's misleading language also, there's no guarantee they're getting that overtime pay. If they're willing to, like, be this ruthlessly exploitative, they're probably willing to break overtime payment laws as well. Just because something works in theory doesn't mean that it necessarily works in practice. Keep in mind that wage theft is by far the largest monetary value of theft in the United States. Uh, let me see if I can find that. What is it? Wage theft, United States. There's a nice little graph on that. There we go. Thank you. So here is wage theft when employers steal from employees compared to every other kind of theft in America combined. Minimum wage violations, overtime violations, rest break violations, and off-the-clock violations amount to a total of, what would this be, around 35 to 40 billion? Compared to everything else together being around 12 to 13 billion. Link Vosh, just Google uh, wage theft United States. Another issue that the union supposedly has with the company is the amount of overtime that employees are required to work. According to the Vice article, many of the 850 workers at the facility say they work 84 hours a week with no days off. So here's a quick question. Does this guy have an explanation for why apparently all of these people at the facility are lying? Because he's taking Frito-Lay at its word. So like, did, did the unions just like blackmail all of these workers in their nefarious scheme to set up a union so they can get union dues or something? Is there like anything else here? Just any explanation? ...with no days off, which we know is a lie. Workers are not oh. only forced to work eight hour shifts, but because of shortages, workers are often forced to add on an extra four hours before or after their shifts. And a likely reason for these shortages is because Kansans are still able to accept federal unemployment benefits of $300 a week until September, which is, of course, on top of state unemployment benefits. And according to the governor of Kansas, in mid-July, 
There were 51,000. Wait, check their reply to pinned comment. It's even worse. What are we what what are we talking about? As a union man, I am voting thumbs down in this video. Union is responsible for five-day work weeks. True overtime, true benefits, true, and much, much more. Very true. Without unions, the only person profiting from a job would be the owner. True. And then... So, if unions are responsible for a five-day work week, then why don't the workers at Frito-Lay, Kansas, have two guaranteed days off? I think the problem in this case is the union. Is he saying the union... What? What, what union? They're not in a union. What? What? Most intelligent anti-unionist. <laughs> is there a union or is it just a union helping them? The way I interpreted this is that there's a broader union in the state that's assisting them with this strike, but these workers are not unionized themselves. Unions do nothing but protect unskilled, lazy general laborers. Yeah, these are, these are all bootlickers. These are people who um, are never, ever going to pay off their college debt and always blame themselves for it. You can, you can be mad at these people, but you should feel bad for them first and foremost, okay? This comment section is not full of, like, millionaire, like, trust fund babies, okay? A lot of these people are going to live desperate, pathetic lives with no respite from the economic forces pressing down on them, and all they've ever been taught to do is look up and lick, okay? You should pity them. Not the Don't Walk Run Productions guy, but some of them. Can you debunk more why unions are bad videos? You don't do it nearly enough. The problem is, is that, like, the people who try to, quote, debunk unions are very emotionally invested and have no interest in the data. It's all really standard, like, American individualist exceptionalism stuff, you know? Unions just help the weak workers. They'll ignore all the history. In the case of Yaron Brooks, they'll just lie and say all the good thing unions did would have just happened two years afterwards if not for the unions anyway, you know? It's really, really dumb. No thought. No brain, head empty. Thousand job openings. But unions aren't allowed to criticize Democrat policies that create more problems than they solve. Wait, what? Wait, what? Kansas, in mid-July, there were 51,000 job openings. But unions aren't allowed to criticize Democrat policies that create more problems than they solve. What? 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 What does this have to do with the Frito-Lay thing? He's saying that there are open jobs because of the... Because because of the unemployment benefits, what does that have to do with the with the Frito Lay thing? What is he trying to say? I don't know. He's just saying stuff. So instead, they blame Frito Lay. BCTGM president. Andrew Wait, how is there being unemployment elsewhere in the state? He's saying because of a labor shortage, they need to work longer. That's not how labor rights work. If you don't have enough workers to do your work, you cut back production, not you run the existing employees into the ground, or you raise wages. Hey, if you want more workers, raise wages. How about that, huh? That's a fun one. That's an effective adherence to the supply-demand curve that a person could try if they wanted. Anthony Shelton claims the union has repeatedly asked the company to hire more workers, and yet despite- So the union, are they in a union, or is it, uh, wait, hold on, are, hold on. Are the Frito-Lay Kansas workers in a union. If they're in a union, yeah, I think he's just referring to the broader state union that's facilitating the strike and not the actual, like, Frito-Lay, owned by PepsiCo, said the union representing the workers will have additional opportunities for input on staffing and overtime. What is the name? The workers belong to Local 218 of the Bakery, Confectionery, Tobacco Workers, and Grain Miller International Union. In a statement Saturday, Anthony Shelton, the union's international president, said the workers have shown the world that the union working people can stand up against the largest food companies in the world and claim victory for themselves. Okay, so I think this is um, a sectoral union, right? So this isn't a union that like specifically represented the people at this factory. This was a union that was just broadly protecting these people. And it looks like, okay, so with that being the case, I think I actually agree with this dude. The union did fail their workers. The union should have been pushing for uh, a strike way, way, way before. That doesn't change the fact that the Frito-Lay Corporation was doing despicable, disgusting things, but the union probably should have stepped in way sooner. Yeah, for sure. Of course, it probably doesn't help that union membership is constantly declining thanks to dumb fucks like this, but, yeah. Okay, that doesn't really contradict my position, though. 
Record Profits, Frito-Lay Management has refused this request. Then please explain the massive number of job listings that were posted before the strike was called. These job listings even offered sign-in bonuses months before the union called the strike. So this is... These conditions at the Frito-Lay factory have been going on for years. Remember? The workers said years. Not just the unemployment benefits time range, not just the COVID-19 unemployment surge. Years. You mean even back during Trump's incredibly high employment rate back in 2019? Even then, this was still going on. This was not because of uh, a lack of available workers. This isn't a he said, she said thing. Here, the union is clearly lying. So the question is, can you trust the union over Frito-Lay? Nope. No, you cannot. So, yeah, literally, like, trust the corporation doing the bad things. Also, again, is this, like, deliberately designed to irritate me? Can you trust the union over Frito-Lay? Look at this. Nope. No, you Look cannot. Look at this. Next, in the Vice article, union steward Mark McMahon- Wait, he's not going to explain why you can't? He's not actually going to justify the reason why he'll arbitrarily trust the corporation but not the unions? And he'll just arbitrarily, like, deny the lived experiences of the hundreds of workers who have spoken out about this? and then trust the corporation who has every incentive in the world to downplay it. He's not going to explain why. He's just going to, like, just do it. Hey, don't walk run productions. You want to talk sometime? You, you, I'm a little offensive, but you do look like a huge pussy, so I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't want to, but, like, this is pretty bad, my dude. You want to talk sometime? We can have a nice conversation, okay? I won't call you any mean words, and we can, we can, uh, we can talk about the free-to-lay strike or whatever. I just want to ask you some questions, you know? Would that be cool? We could do that. I'll be very nice. We can watch a little bit more of this, but I think we get the gist. I don't know how much analysis I can do on guy arbitrarily takes company at word and says everyone who says anything else is lying. Master is quoted as saying the following. We're hoping we- Actually, I'm getting a phone call. One second. Editors, cut this out. Editing magic, go. Can get these people back to work with a decent wage and some kind of alternative to all this forced overtime. Honestly, I don't know how what they're doing is legal. Well, first mark, employees already seem to make a decent wage. According to Frida Lay, hourly wages at the Topeka plant range from $18.35 an hour to $36.91 per hour. And even on the low end, $18.35 an hour in Kansas is pretty good, right? Or was that whole that's, first of all, that's a pretty big range. Second of all, I'm really not inclined to trust anything Frito-Lay says or does here. Third of all, it's hard work. And fourth of all, like, are we really gonna, what is, what is, uh, at, an, at a normal wage? If you're working at, they hire them temp at lower wage. Yeah, I bet. There's always some, like, fuckery they do. Anybody who's ever worked a real job in their lives know that there's tons of fuckery that corporations will do to overinflate the quality of life and the quality of living and the quality of employment at their place. But even then, like, if you work $20 an hour, 40 hours a week, that's $800 a week, which is $3,200 a month, which is, what, about $40,000 a year? So full-time at 20 hours is about $40,000 a year, which is below the median income for a household. I mean, it's not like, I know that with all the overtime, assuming they're paid for it, which is not a guarantee, stacks up, but, like, that's not really the issue at hand here. If they're doing hard work, if they want higher pay, they should be able to push for it. And by the way, here's a quick question. Hey, I'm guessing this guy's a big lover of freedom and free market economics. Why do unions not have a right to push for a higher wage? Why do workers not have a, a right to push for a higher wage? Like corporations try to push for lower ones all the time. You never have any, you don't put any videos out on that, did you? I bet you don't. You don't have any videos going, I think this corporation pays people an unfairly low amount. Because if that happened, you would say, oh, well, they could just find employment elsewhere. It's just, it's just really interesting. There are a lot of people out there who are like, yeah, I'm a big fan of free market economics, but then they forget that part of the supply-demand curve for employment is paying people more. If there weren't people, uh, enough people working there, they should have hired more people, and they should have done it by offering higher wages. Simple as that. Maybe give them some fucking benefits? Well, fight for 15 thing a bunch of BS. And as what? far as forced over... How is the fight for 15 thing BS? Because people in one assembly line in Kansas get paid more than 15 an hour. 
what possible connection is there between these things? Over time goes, yes, Mark, it's very legal. Employers always make it clear upon hiring that overtime is a possibility and may happen on short notice. He said, I don't know how this can be legal, not this isn't legal. Did you hear what he said? He said it shouldn't be legal, not this is illegal. And remember that a full-time job is at least 40 hours a week. There is no maximum. Now, as far as the- Thank you. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. There actually is a maximum number of hours in the week, if you think about it. Uh, thank you for the reminder. You know, I like that. So there are so many things to say there. First of all, it's so stupidly obvious that it makes him look like an idiot uh, for saying it. And then there's also the fact that, like, by saying it, he's kind of implying that you should never be able to complain about being overworked because of, like, the legality of the situation. There's so much to that, you know? The Frito-Lay factory goes, according to this video by More Perfect Union, you can opt out of forced overtime, but you'll be penalized for it and lose points. Oh, that seems fair. And of course, they don't bother to put it in context and explain to viewers how this point system works. Yeah, tell us. Because it just sounds more terrible that way. Tell us. I'm sure. Do you think his explanation is going to come exclusively from Frito-Lay website? So it's going to be like, look, they say it's fine. And that's fine. The point system is used to fire people. We're getting penalized for taking time off. Yes, when you take unscheduled days off, when you call out sick too many times, when you're late for work, you- Wait, they didn't say unscheduled time off or late for work or too many sick days off. They just said taking time off. I, this guy's like, yeah, we get penalized for taking time off. And this guy's like, yeah, man, if you show up late for work too many times, they didn't say that, did they, my friend? No, they said taking time off. A thing that you have a legal uh, 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 right to in some, wait, I forget. Does America have any standard for legal time off? I'm sorry, I might've been Europe brained for a second there. Unpaid, I mean. America laws unpaid time off. Yeah, no. Wow. I actually can't believe how much this country fucking hates its working class. Holy shit. There's no maximum or minimum amount of unpaid leave from work that employees much legally have. That is insane. Now, some states may have laws about this, but like, wow. Okay, sorry. I just, whew, just got to take a second right there and got to get a requirement, you know? You get penalized, just like most jobs with hourly positions. But remember that this point system was negotiated by the union. Complain about it all you want, but the point system isn't going anywhere. What kind of rebuttal is that? Oh uh, yeah, they make this system sound bad, but here's my rebuttal. Complain about it all you want. It's not going anywhere. Okay, all right. And maybe the union negotiated for it because the alternative was worse. Maybe the union did a bad job. I don't know what any of that has to do with these, uh, these positions. I've had to cancel so many doctor appointments, dentist appointments, that I could not make them because of the forced overtime. Walking out the plant last second, hey, you're forced over. She couldn't arrange the time off with her manager in advance? I honestly find that very hard to believe. I think she's said, wait, hold on. Did you not listen to what she said? She said the forced overtime was sprung on her as she was leaving. The, he, he's literally not listening. But whatever. Let's take another look at this forced overtime. In this tweet, More Perfect Union made the claim that they obtained timesheets confirming Frito-Lay's rampant abuse of mandatory overtime. Frito-Lay claimed that reports of forced overtime were grossly exaggerated. Wanna bet they're not actually gonna show the sheets and and that, oh no, they might. Okay, let's see. These timesheets prove them wrong. No, they don't. Because first of all, Frito-Lay never said that. As I previously showed, what Frito-Lay said were grossly exaggerated were the claims of 84 hour work weeks. They didn't say anything about forced overtime. What? What do you think leads to the 84 hour work weeks? What do you? This is, this is incredible. This guy's failing at pedantry.
this guy's fucking amazing. We need to cover this guy more often. I don't even have to think. Look, the segment title says overtime right here in bold. The first word shown in the image being displayed is overtime because they're talking about overtime. You work a lot because of overtime. What's this guy's deal? Does he just like companies? He just doesn't like poor people, okay? And let's look at these smoking gun timesheets. On this one from December 2020, out of the 105 people working, only 34 of them had an F next to their name. Only a third of people at any given point in time were forced to work overtime? Is this a W for you? Dude, only, only if, like, yeah, dude, it's like one in three at that time that you might just be arbitrarily forced to work longer. This is what this, this is what this guy is. This is what he's got. Oh, no. Oh, is this guy tweeting? <gasps> oh, shit. Followed by Tim Pool, the only person I know who follows him. Ah, uh, there's no recent tweet. Hold on. Well, wait, if it's showing on my wall, I need to be less sarcastic. Your most recent video was incredibly stupid and I'd love to talk about it. There you go. That's fine. That works. All right. Indicating forced overtime. And on this timesheet from June 2020, of the 62 people scheduled, only 20 of them had an F next to their Again, name. Again, a third. What, why, is this, why is this some kind of like epic own? Only a third of our workers at any given point of time are forced to work overtime. Okay. Game. So on both days, only about a third of the workers were required to work overtime, which oh. means that more Perfect Union's tweet doesn't hurt Frito-Lay. It just proves that the union's claims are grossly exaggerated. If there were reports that like, there was a lot of sexual harassment in a company, and then it was found out that only one third of employees were sexually harassed on any given shift, that would still be a lot. Great job, idiots. Oh no, imagine this guy's take on Blizzard. Oh God, I can imagine this guy's take on Blizzard. First of all, Having visited Blizzard Studio myself, I had multiple interactions with females that were not sexual harassment. So their claims that sexual harassment happens, quote, all the time are clearly over-exaggerated. Here's a statement published by Blizzard saying that there is no corporate culture of sexual harassment in the workplace. So clearly they're lying. I know, we know exactly how it would go. This is a strike for oh. our lives. We Yelling get no days off. And thanks to more Perfect Union, we know that's a lie because on this spreadsheet, we- What, what lie? What, what did they say that was a lie? Our lives. We get no days off. And thanks to more Perfect Union, we know that's a lie because on this spreadsheet, we see that 44 people are scheduled as out, which means that more people had a day off than the number of workers that received forced overtime. Of about 120 people, right? So two thirds of the people were working. Also, is this a day sheet or is this a shift sheet? Because I'm pretty sure I remember it saying at the top, this was a shift sheet, which means this might not even apply to the entirety. Second shift, these are shift sheets. This doesn't even necessarily mean a day off. It's also possible the reason why you're only seeing forced overtime on these people is because they end up working in through next to the next shift and that gets overtime. This isn't even a full shift or full day. This is just a shift. This is unbelievable. Perfect union. We know that's a lie because on this spreadsheet, we see that 44 people are scheduled as out, which means that more people had a day off. Like, I, even if that's not the case, even if like being out here means you're out, for the entirety of the day, even if that's the case, what what does this change? It seems like this guy's argument, like the extent of it is they made the claim they're always experiencing bad stuff. But if you take a look at the data, it's only happening very often. Then the number of workers that received forced overtime. No time with our families and we get no good pay. We haven't had a raise in years. 
Well, if you get no good pay and haven't had a raise in years and you feel like you have a terrible work-family life balance, then quit Frito-Lay and find another job in the air. Yeah, and there we go. Thank you very much. Just move! The highest IQ response under any situation. Dude, why aren't all these hundreds of suffering workers as smart as me? I realized that you could just, like, get another job, bro. Why haven't they done that? Huh, they must not be smart enough. Area. Darren Hall has worked for Frito-Lay for 37 years and is a box operator. I am on strike because for the- He's responded to our tweets. No, he's responded, but not to me. He's responded to people who are responding to me, but not to me directly. Uh... The last 10 years, things have continued to get worse. Something has to be done about our deteriorating working conditions and wages. And notice that Darren is standing next to a sign that says, better raises at McDonald's. Cool. What he fails to realize, however, is that better raises are much different than better pay. But why don't you quit and work at McDonald's, Darren? <laughs> I dare ya. Wait, what? How, how does he fail to realize that? How, how, how does he fail to realize that? They are greedy. The CEO is making millions, yet we are making nothing. Man, if that isn't right out of the union playbook. We are making it's nothing. Right out of the history of economics playbook. Getting, getting sense in raises. This is not fair. Wait, I thought you previously said you haven't gotten a raise in years. Now you're saying that you're getting sense in raises. Get your talking points straight, Esther. Yeah, this and is li like literally, he's just being a pedant. Like, there are protesters, like, angry, and he's like, uh, you claim all of you have or forced overtime, but it's only most of you. Also, you got a 60 cent raise in 2019. So, like, no substantive analysis of the situation, no engagement with any of the underlying facts of the matter. Just a stupid, blind moron's desire to step in here and complain about people who are fighting for their end of the exchange with a corporation. This guy is a, just the, he can't be a bootlicker because he's not like making money by working. He's making money by shitting onto a YouTube channel. But like this guy is, I would guess if I talked with him, impressively ignorant of how the economy or how like very basic supply demand works. An article on labornotes.org gives an example of one worker claiming that he's only gotten a 77 cent increase over the last 12 years. But the article also states that the last several contracts have featured lump sum bonuses most years, leaving wage rates stagnant for most classifications. And of course, since labor- no Yeah, lump sums for what? How, how large of a lump sum? Is it like $200? In which case it would pan out to having gotten like a few extra cents per, per day? Like what, wh where, wh like what are we talking about here? Notes.org is a pro-union website with an agenda. They won't talk about how much these bonuses are worth. But more importantly, they leave out the insignificant detail that the union... What? And of course, since Labornotes.org is a pro-union website with an agenda, they won't talk about how much these bonuses are worth. What, are, is he suggesting that this was like secretly some like $30,000 package dropped at the end? What is he... What? Maybe they just didn't say it because it wasn't relevant to the broader exploitation these workers are experiencing? Maybe that's, like, the issue? But more importantly, they leave out the insignificant detail that the union negotiated the terms of the contract and the workers voted in favor of them. Because the alternative might have been worse? What What is this own? Like, the work, the union should have done more? Okay. Yeah, sure, fine. Then why spend so much time dumping on the protesters if your complaint is that the union could have done more to represent them? This is clearly a disingenuous criticism. You don't actually think the union didn't do enough. You think the union shouldn't have done any more. There's a big difference between those two claims. But it's Frito-Lay's fault. Got it. Now, one of the biggest issues... Yes, because Frito-Lay was the reason they would have had to accept so such bad conditions. Wait. If it weren't for Frito-Lay, they wouldn't have had to negotiate this at all. What do you mean?
Just because you negotiated something bad, it doesn't mean the person who wants it worse isn't responsible. Issues regarding the factory employees are squeeze shifts. This is where you work an eight to 12 hour shift and then have to be back at work eight hours later to start your next shift. We have to do something with the suicide shifts because to work 12 hours and be off eight and work 12 hours, you got time, travel time and everything. I said, that's a safety risk. And Frito-Lay agrees with this. In their press release, Frito-Lay claims- Every single claim this guy has made to defend his point has been cited from the Frito-Lay statements regarding Topeka Strike, a document they released as a PR cover-up, like to make them look good in the face of all of the public backlash against them. Literally everything he has to say to defend them is coming directly from their PR team. Like he might as well be working for them. That on July 1st, they proposed to cap required work at 60 hours per week and eliminate the so-called squeeze shifts. Okay. So what did the union do? <laughs> they went on strike anyway. And then they complained about the squeeze shifts to anyone that would listen. What? Why wouldn't they? Wait, hold on. You can't simultaneously bitch about the unions not doing enough, but then also say the unions were pushing for too much. Do you notice how these are two contradictory positions? Earlier, he was making fun of the unions for accepting things that they would later dislike anyway. And now he's saying that the unions are being greedy and ungrateful for trying to push for more, even after Frito-Lay was willing to make a conciliatory gesture. See, it's a, it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. He doesn't actually give a fuck about good union representation. He just wants to complain. Company wants to call it a squeeze shift. It's, it, it doesn't squeezing about it, it's suicide. Love that this guy immediately looks off to the side smiling like, did I say it right? Is th are we being real? Are, am I dealing with like fucking RT shills here? Is this an Asada? Uh, notice how when the guy at the protest tilted his head, this is an indication that he's actually being led by puppet masters to his side. While, he, while the YouTube guy just repeats talking points directly from Frito-Lay's website. The billionaires who run the company pay out PR management teams to disseminate the statement, and this guy just reads that statement and regurgitates it into a YouTube video. Anyway, after 19 days, union members approved a new contract, bringing the strike to an end. It wasn't enough. The new contract includes a 4% raise over two years, which the union proposed and Frito-Lay accepted before the strike. The contract also eliminates squeeze shifts, which Frito-Lay proposed before the strike. The only new thing that benefits workers in the contract is that they're guaranteed at least one day off each week, but only compared to no guarantee for any days off, that is a pretty big jump. So they striked for 19 days and got the ability to live their life for one day. That, that's something. Only when certain conditions are met. And remember all the complaining about overtime? Well, according to labor notes, the union turned down Frito-Lay's offer of capping work weeks to 60 hours because some union members had expressed concerns that the cap would mean higher seniority workers would end up being forced to work on their weekends after lower seniority workers reached the 60 hour limit. And that means that the union threw their lower seniority workers under the bus to protect their higher seniority workers. So no, it doesn't. Some union members expressed concerns that this solution would end up having adverse problems down the line is not the same as they threw them under the bus. Also, hey, why don't they hire more workers? Why doesn't Frito-Lay hire more workers? Why can't they just do that? If they have trouble attracting more workers, that means they have to raise their wages. Yeah, Lord knows they have the money. Seniority workers reached the 60-hour limit. And that means that the union threw their lower seniority workers under the bus to protect their higher seniority workers. That's n really not what that means. It just means that the introduction of a cap isn't enough of a solution when Frito-Lay is still going to try to squeeze them for as many hours as possible. This is literally a problem being caused by the greed of the corporation. The cap is only an issue in this case because the corporation has a need to drive people to work 60-hour weeks. Y you recognize that, right? That's the reason this is the problem. So much for that union solidarity, huh? So what did the strike accomplish? Not much. While the workers are going to see a 4% increase in pay over the next two years, the ones who went on strike That's lost like three weeks worth of pay. 
which they will never be able to make up. And you're not mentioning the day off? The, the day off for people who ha didn't have a guarantee at a day off? You're not going to mention that? Okay, yeah. This guy is impressively stupid. Apparently, he used to appear on Tim Pool a lot, which is really funny because Tim Pool got his start at the, like, the 99% movement, you know? Um, Occupy Wall Street. And, like, this guy fucking hates the working class. So it's really, really funny that there would be any kind of, like, play there. I bet you they agreed on almost everything. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this guy's really dumb. I don't know. Did this guy make even one decent point? No, he did not. At no point during that did he actually make, like, a successful counter-argument. I don't think.